Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Chris Sims here, and I got a special guest, Zach Taylor, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Always uh, appreciate you coming by, hanging out with me. First off, for those out there, we go way back, okay, like four flats on a Cadillac. Uh, he, as I got hurt with my spleen injury, he saw me trying to rehab from that as a backup quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we had a little history together. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the smoothest on my part. I was going through a lot of crap in that part of my life. He's probably like, man, that guy was crazy at that time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was, uh, it was a tough for me too. I was a six-string quarterback and there was only five in the building. So I think they had Jake Plummer sign. He wasn't even Right, wasn't even there. Me, so right. uh, trust me, I was only there briefly, but I uh, appreciate you always being great today. No, you, you, you did a great job in your first year. And listen, I'll be the first one to say like, you know, I was skeptical about your hire. Like, you were one of those guys where I said, man, this guy's a head coach in the future. I didn't think it was coming yet. Sure. You know, what was it like year one? I mean, just kind of give us a, an overview of, of your first year as an NFL head coach. Well, there, there's a lot of things that come your way, adversity-wise. And, and you know what's going to come. You don't know how it's going to come. Um, but you just got to build the culture the right way starting in April. And we felt like we did that. Our players believed in what we're, the direction we're going, what we're trying to achieve. Uh, second half of the season, we certainly felt like guys settled into our schemes and, and we found a better way to utilize some of the guys we had around. So right. um, a lot of optimism for us going into year two. Yeah. Guy, players believe it. Coaches believe it. Sure. It's an exciting time to be a Bengal. Yeah. When did, when, did, when, did you, when did you feel comfortable? Because I even asked like Cliff Kingsbury and a few other coaches and they were like, I'm, I'm still in the process of really kind yeah. of feeling comfortable and all that. You know, was there a point during the year where you're like, OK, I'm into my routine. I got this. I feel good. Every week was a little bit unique right, for us. Right. And so I, I really feel like starting now, this offseason, 2020, second time going through everything, right. now you start to feel a lot more comfortable and makes it a lot, a lot easier. The pressure of being winless, right, and dealing with that, okay? I mean, that's got to be some weight on your shoulder. And, you know, I know from my buddy Kyle Shanahan, his first year he started at 0-10, and, and I know it was, like, wearing on him. Yeah. You know, give people some insight to what it's like you know, there, you know, the ownership looking over you, they're expecting a new win from their hire and all that. What's that like? Well, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. And so it is, it, it, the, the more it goes on and you don't win any games, you certainly feel that pressure. You don't feel it early in the season, but as the season gets going, you sure do. And uh, to get the first one off your back, you know, to get that first win does take that pressure off. Now you can right. go play and be a little looser. The players felt that a little bit too as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't win as many games as we, we should have or yeah. we expected to, but 
um, there's a lot of things that we can pull from last year that'll make us better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you played a close in a lot of games. You got a lot of talented guys, like you said. Um, for you, as an offensive play caller, and or a guy that's an offensive, you know, game planner throughout the week and all that. How did that affect you being a head coach, you know, for the first year? I know mean, you get to see Sean McVay kind of do it. Right. Um, but what was it like for you kind of going through it? you got to be able to, to make some adjustments on the move. Right. You know, we lost our first two left tackles in training camp. Um, so right right out the gate, we're playing week one with right. third string left tackle. And yeah. So just things like that, you got to be able to adapt and adjust. Maybe some things you thought you were going to be better at in the summertime that you got to adjust and, and make some improvements during the season. But... Um, it, it's good. You learn from all that stuff. I had a great offense coordinator, Brian Callahan. So, like you said, as being the head coach and the play caller, when you can trust the guys that are that are helping you every single day, um, that, that goes a long way. Yeah, okay. So now we got the quarterback issue, right? We mm -hmm. don't know Andy Dalton. Is he going to be back? Where is he going to go? All that. He's done some good things for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Um, but I'm one that will sit there and go, I think it's maybe time to turn turn the page and start a new era, whatever it may be. Uh, what's kind of your guys' uh, outlook for the offseason here as far as Andy's concerned? The good thing is we know we got a really good starting quarterback in Andy Dalton. Right. And so that's a great place to be because uh, it, it gives you a lot of options there on the table. Yeah. And so Andy's been great through this whole process with us. We, we, we're we're going to be up front with him. We haven't made any decisions. Right. Uh, but we have told him, hey, we'll, we'll let you know as soon as we get to that point. Yep. All right. So when you get to that point, and let's just say, okay, we don't know this yet, but okay, if we want to take Joe Burrow, then you're going to let him know and kind of try to help facilitate a trade, which you guys have kind of talked about a little uh, bit. Number one, what's best for the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. So number two is, right. is how can we help him? And um, we owe that to him, man. There, there's a lot of mutual respect there between um, him and, and the Bengals organization. He's done a lot for the city. He's won a lot of games, put the teams in some great positions. And yeah. So, Certainly owe that to Andy. All right, I got a I got a thing, and like you know, everybody, I'm, I've been I've been yelling for the Bengals to rebrand lately. Okay. okay, you're still the Bengals, that's fine. But like how the Broncos changed their look, right? And there's been a few teams, the Patriots changed their look. I'm talking about the Bengals. I want them to change their helmet. All right, I know you probably can't speak on this, <laughs> um, but. I mean, is, did you ever hear anybody in the on the team roster anybody say anything about that? I mean, anybody ever talk about like this is the first I've heard of you it. Heard, you first know, I, I'm, uh... I'm banging the drum all <laughs> off season so far for a rebrand because I like you and I'm rooting for you and I feel like it'll help the organization give them a new look. So I'm trying to sell that just so you know. Okay? I got you. I, I think if you came in the building, you'd feel the energy that these players and coaching staff have. And, yeah. And that, that's key for us as we go through the draft process, free agency. Sure. Guys that are around us are going to feel that and, and want to be on board with what we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, number one pick, of course, with, you know, and everyone's kind of pegging Joe Burrow. But as of right now, you, you think all options are open is kind of what you're telling me? It's not necessary to make that decision today. Yeah. You know, it's right. the first time we get a chance to meet these guys face to face. Right. That's a big part of the process. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've watched all the tape of guys, and that's the number one thing that we use is we're evaluating these guys. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's we got two more months to make that decision. I know. Everyone wants it done today. It's not necessary. We'll go through the process and do our due diligence. Well, tell people that. Like, I'm always intrigued by that as far as people don't realize, you know, coaches, you're very, you're probably been looking more at free agency players than yeah. you have the draft. Like, have you really got to study a lot of these guys yet or just have a good little little feel? You get a chance to balance both of it. You right. Know? And, and we certainly, the number one priority is free agency because that's going to come up sooner than the draft. Right. So you make sure you can put that to bed. And then uh, we, we've done a great job evaluating all these guys that are the combine we get a coach senior bowl so we yeah. get a chance to, to see huge. all the guys there but sure. um, again it's 
you know, the media wants you to make it, and the fans want you to make it. I know. Today, it's not necessary. We got the combine, we got the pro days. Get a chance to meet these guys. Face yeah, you got a lot of face-to-face -face meetings. There's still so a lot of boxes to check. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Okay, so there you go. We don't know it's Joe Burrow yet. All right, <laughs> the rebrand, Chris Sims style, where he's not on that. He says the energy's fine. He said screw off, Chris Sims. Okay, I like that very much. All right, see, this is Zach Daler. That's why he's a damn head coach. That's why I'm on TV. Um, all right, year two. I mean, anything about your approach? like that you just look at it and go okay after self-evaluating i'm gonna kind of change this uh you know i know you don't have to get into very details but yeah well i think you get a chance to fine-tune your schemes yeah okay so we've been around the players right it's one thing when you show up and you watch the tape and you hear people talk about the, okay yeah we'll, we'll be able to fit this guy a certain way until yeah. you actually get your hands on him go through the season now you really understand you know what, what pieces you need to add how you can best utilize a lot of your guys, what schemes we need to clean up. Maybe yeah. there's some things we did at the Rams that don't fit us at Cincinnati. Right. Same right. thing defensively. And so that, that's the great thing about going through this offseason is you get to fine-tune it when the players show up in April, we'll be ready to roll. With, with like, I have, ex, you know, friends who are coaches and things like that, and we talked about your game planning. They were always shocked about, you know, okay, here I am about to go into a team meeting or a coaches meeting, and we're going to talk about the game plan, and, oh, i got to do this, or yeah. this player needs me. Like, how do you balance that? That's where I look at head coaches and I'm just like, you know, you almost got to be like life coaches and coaches coaches. That, that's probably the part that you know is going to come your way, right. but you can't prepare for it right. until you actually go through a season of it. And certainly learn a lot in that area, but it's important to have coordinators that you trust. Yeah. And uh, Darren Simmons, our special teams coordinator, has been there a long time. He's now our assistant head coach, so I get a chance to lean on him because right. he knows the organization, knows all the players, can help me in those situations. And I trust Louie Anarumo and Brian Callahan that when I'm away, yeah. the schemes can keep moving forward and they can prepare for practice and all that stuff, and, and then I jump back in when I can. You can you, So you can handle those other details, have guys you trust, and then you're That's there right. to, to save the day or add your two cents <laughs> if you need to. Yeah. All right, you the man, Zach. I appreciate it. Thanks, Zach Chris. Taylor, Bengals head coach. Watch out for the Bengals this year. He's not into my rebrand, okay? I'm still going to keep selling it. But watch out for the Bengals. They got some talent, and they got the number one pick. Yep. Thanks, Chris. You're the man. Thanks. Yo, yo, check me out on Twitter, at CSimsQB. Got lots of cool things to look at. Hey, I'm always giving my thoughts about football. We got some great clips, face smash, from things from players we had fun with at Radio Row. Get at me on Instagram, at SimsUnbuttoned, okay? You know, again, I'm always trying to show videos, breakdowns of plays, players, thoughts that are going on, recent news in football. And I'm going to continue to make this stride to interact with everybody, whether it's a podcast or me doing more Instagram lives or whatever it may be. I want to make you, the fans, part of my podcast. That's why I'm doing this, is to educate, to have fun. I love the sport. I want people to challenge me. I hope everybody out there can respect it. At CSimsQB on Twitter, at SimsUnbuttoned on Instagram. It's nice to have someone on set who's actually taller than Chris Sims. Sims is 6'5". Our next guest, 6'6", six six quarterback of Oregon, now heading to the National Football League. He's Justin Herbert here with us live. Justin, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, great to spend some time with you. We know it's a busy time for you here in Indianapolis. You will be throwing. You will be doing the full workout or Correct. any limitations just, at all? Just no benching. I'll, I'll stick away from benching. No though. benching? Yeah. Yeah, you could probably do some benching numbers, though. I think you could probably, eh, no, okay, negative ghost rider. He can't. What, what led you to wanting to work out? What, what is it about you, your camp, where you said, you know, we're going to work out, not going to wait for the pro day? Yeah, I just want to be a competitor. I just want to go out and, and throw the ball around. And I want to give teams a, a good look at myself and uh, just be honest with them and, and go out there and have some fun. Right. What is your ceiling, do you believe, when it's time for the names to get called? 
I don't know. I, where, where everything happens, uh, it'll happen, and I just have to deal with it. And I'm excited to be here. It's an honor to be invited to this, this experience, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. What are you most nervous about? Not nervous about anything. I'm excited. This is this is such a great opportunity that not too many people get to go through, and uh, being here is it's it's an honor, and uh, to be around such great talent, um, it's been a lot of fun already. You're super talented. I mean, big time talent. Mike's Thank heard you. me say this before. Like, I think you could be the most talented guy in the draft. What is the one thing you hear from teams after the Senior Bowl, or the thing that you feel like you need to show some of these other NFL teams, like? I can improve in this area, or something that you want to work on. Yeah, a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's footwork. Never yeah. taken a snap from under center before. Right. Uh, prior to these two months of training, um, a lot of it's leadership. I've never been out, outside of Eugene, Oregon, and, and right. that's kind of where I've stayed for my whole life. Right. Um, so it's it's just how all about how I mesh with a, a new locker room, a new culture, and uh, things like that. What What do you say to those people who question that? Because that's the first thing I heard about you with the, like people around the NFL. The concern was, oh, he's never been out of Eugene. You know, what kind of kid is he? Is he going to be good in a big city? Whatever is. Like, what's your answer to that? Yeah, that's that's a great point. I've, I've really enjoyed my time in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. I've, I've, I've loved that place. And um, these past two months that I've spent away from it, I've, I've really enjoyed it um, on my own playing football. And I, th I think there's – I don't think there's anything better than that. And I've yeah. really enjoyed the, these yeah. past two months. All right, cool. You were the MVP of the Senior Bowl. What did you learn most from that whole week, that whole process, that you think is going to help prepare you for what's coming in the NFL? Yeah, it's – kind of about how a, an NFL team works. I uh, got to learn a playbook, uh, got to be around guys and, and had to call plays in the huddle and uh, had to go under center. And so a lot of things that I didn't do in college, I had to do there and um, got to kind of see just how, how it works. And um, I th thought it was a great week and really enjoyed it. You like, you know, you, you're coming in the NFL. I want to know two things. Who was your idol growing up and who's the guy that you'd be most excited to see this year on the field where you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm playing against this person. Any jump out names? Uh, I would say Joey Harrington. I, I grew up watching him and so he was. Oh, he's going to Oregon. He's going Oregon idol. And so, wow. And then I would say to play against someone, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. That would be the one. Okay. I was expecting someone different than Joey Harrington. I'm not going to lie. Not no, a whole lot of Joey, Joey Harrington, Harrington fans out there. You may instantly be the president of the Oregon. fan club. Yeah. You totally caught me by surprise <laughs> with that one. But you're, I get it. I mean, he's an Oregon guy, and he was pretty big time there at Oregon. Yeah, he was. He <laughs> yeah, was. Wasn't he on the cover of one of the college football games way back in the yeah. day? Are what? you a Madden guy or a Fortnite guy? Uh, or both? Madden. Madden? Good. Yeah. My man. What, PS4 uh, or Xbox? Xbox. Ah, if you were PS4, I'd, I'd let you beat me by 100 points. Well, he would. Don't worry. He definitely would. All right. I, we're talking, you know, a lot of talk about, first off, your hand size. Mm -hmm. What did you get measured in at yesterday? 10 inches. 10 inches. Okay, cool. All right. So, wait, this is a great experiment. Because my hand, so I know, look, I already know his hands, mine are bigger wide wise, but see how his are longer? His fingers are longer. So that's what I'm saying. They need to change the measurement process. It should be bottom of the hand all the way to the, the top of the middle finger. Now, I have a double jointed thumb. It's not fair. Like, what did you it. measure in it? I got in 10 and a half. Wow. Yeah, because I could really spread them out that way because my both are double yeah. jointed. I could do this too. So that's not fair, right? Um, okay, now grip the football. I'd like to see your grip but just because we're talking about it a lot. Uh, so he's a two and under five guy. Another guy that's like that. Joe Burrow's kind of like that. Aaron Rodgers is like that. You always gri gripped it like that? That's From, just kind of the way it. It's just the way it does it. I grabbed the ball and I, th and I threw it. Yeah, you don't even think about it. Yeah. You've always done it. And you've, you haven't had to play with it like as compared to a college football to an NFL ball. You're still gripping it the same way, right? Same, same way. Yeah, okay. So there Did you, you go. notice a difference when you got an NFL ball in your hands versus the college football you were used to? Not too much. I mean, there's a little bit of a change, but. Uh, Overall, you get used to it, and a couple of weeks into it, you're you're, you're you like it better it. or worse? I do enjoy throwing it out. Right, yeah. the laces are better, the yeah. leather's better quality, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, go ahead. When did you realize, Justin? 
when was that moment, whether it was a pass, whether it was a decision, a moment, anything, that you can get it in the NFL, that you can get it done, that you're destined to play in the NFL and succeed there? I don't know. I think that's just something that you kind of get a, a feel for. Is And I don't think there was one specific moment. I think uh, overall, the, over the course of my career, um, I feel like I've, I've had enough success, and I, I feel like I am confident with my abilities that, that – uh, Playing at the next level is something I want to do. I want to play this game as long as I can. And uh, when I'm done playing, I want to coach. I want to be around this game for as long as I can. And uh, whether it's long enough or, or, or not, I'm, I'm going to be ready when it comes and uh, just excited to be here. There was a lot of talk last year that you would have been a top 20 pick. What ultimately led you to staying in college one more year? A whole lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to finish the year off with the guys that I came in with. Right. We had a great group of, of seniors this year. Um, wanted to come back, wanted to be better. Uh, I felt like I could improve. Uh, my younger brother was going to be on the team. Uh, growing up in Oregon, always was a Duck fan, so yeah. there, was, there was nothing better than that. It was special to you. Yeah. yeah. What uh, position did your younger brother play? Tight end. Now, now, numbers-wise, I mean, I don't want to, like, you don't have to predict, but you're going to do everything? Are you going to run, run the 40 mm -hmm. do it all? Like, come on, give me a ballpark. Like, ballpark, what do you think 40 you can do? We're not going to, like, you know, if you don't meet it, we won't get on you too hard. Too hard. As long as it's below a 4.8, I'm, I'm good with You're that. You're going to be happy. Yeah. I mean, you think you got a chance to do like 4.6.8, 4.6.9? Hopefully. Uh, he's too shy. Nice. Of course you do. Of you course you do. You don't want to set the bar too high, okay. though. You want to set it low, well, and then it's I've success. been watching him run down the sideline just for 40-yard touchdown. A, a sub-6. As long as they get under 6, I'll well, be happy. Well, he said under 4.8, but he's going to run under 4.8. That's good. That was well, a very broad good. answer. That's good. Under 6 seconds, yeah. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Then it's going to be a smashing success. He busted it by more than a second and a half. What sport would you be playing if you weren't playing football? Not basketball, that's for sure. <laughs> no, You're 6'6". Uh, I'd probably be playing baseball. What position did you play? Uh, I played pitcher. You were well, a pitcher? I, play, I played shortstop for, for most of my life, and then I hit a growth spurt, so they had to move me out of shortstop. Oh, yeah, they were too big to too play that position. Too many balls going through my leg, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So then they pitcher, and what, did you go to the outfield Just at all? Just first base. Just first base. Yep. You did that. Now, Right now, oh, we got to go. Okay, we gotta let him Sorry, go. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot man. more to do, but we got Justin Herbert, buddy. Hey, congratulations and good luck moving forward. Have a great time here in Indianapolis. Thanks a bunch, dude. Joining us now, the brand new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He is Matt Rule. And I say brand new, it's been several weeks. It probably already seems like you've been on the job for a long time. It does. It, feel, it, it really feels like years, and uh, <laughs> but in a good way, you know. Um, we just gotten a lot done, and uh, you know, you take one of these jobs, you show up, and you're excited, and, and then it's just kind of get to work and start just slowly, methodically, making sure you're ready. So I, I think we've made a lot of progress so far. Where does it start? Like, just kind of take us through the first week of the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. How do you kind of digest it and go through it all? I think there's really two things. You want to make sure you get to the key players, right? Um, and, and introduce yourself, and you know, because anytime you have a new coach, there's going to be a little bit of like, hey, what's this about? Who's this guy going to be? Um, and then hiring a staff. Right. And um, as you know, in the NFL level, guys are under contract. Or it's, it's really a process to navigate. So trying to make sure that you know you're there and, and present for the players on the team you know if they call you reach out to you or if you can reach out to them and then hiring a really good staff as well right what surprised you the most so far about this job um you know i think as a college coach i dealt so much of my day was dealt with was you know so-and-so missed class so-and-so was five minutes late and so you show up and there's really no players there and so <laughs> yeah. you know and that's what i love i love being around players i think great coaches make their you know help their players play better and so um the, the few chances i have to be around our guys when they come in for treatment or i've really enjoyed that so I, i'm really looking forward to the off season and you know the, the voluntary phases of the guys working out so i can just kind of be around and be a coach because that's what i love to do yeah all that's right the most positive yeah. possible spin that I've ever heard a coach put on the limited access to players 
in the offseason. Sean Gruden two years ago when he got back in the game and the rules had changed. It was borderline profanity after profanity <laughs> about not having access. But, but he's that, coming that's a from good college. Way to put it. Well, he's right. coming from college where it's even less yeah. le less access right. to yeah. coaching guys. So yeah, I get it. You probably feel like, wow, I can really coach here yeah. um, once they're allowed to show up. Yeah, yeah. once they're allowed. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, all right, let's just get to right to it. I mean, you know, I know you're going to answer this question nine million times, but Cam Newton. You know, I mean, I know you're not guaranteeing he's a starter if healthy or whatever that may be. How much tape have you watched, do you watch, you know, for you to get a good feel for where he's at in his career? Yeah, I mean, I've watched uh, not just for him but for the entire team. I've watched the offense, defense, and special teams going all the way back to, like, 2015, you know, 2016. I, and I think that's really important just to see, like, what does it mean when, you know, when Carolina has won, what is, how, how do they win, what is, what is the atmosphere like, you right. know, just in every way. So, um, but I, I guess the big thing for me is, man, I'm really excited to coach Cam Newton. Yeah. Like, you know, I, just getting to know him, being around him, seeing the way that he's rehabbing, the way he's taking this seriously um, I think I think if he does this right and we do this right you know, his best football is ahead of him and yeah. so um, you know I, I didn't know him before coming there and I've, I've really enjoyed my interactions with him and so you know I have a job to do and it's not to start talking about like six months from now it's about right now making sure that we get Cam healthy for this fall because if he's healthy there's really no questions about who he is or what he can do so just making sure that that's really our focus right now getting that in place but I, I felt like coming here I wanted to make sure people knew like I, I really want to coach this guy and I really like this yeah. guy and um, I, I really like the way he's approaching his rehab and the way he's doing things. A anything just real quick like specifically like on film when you watch Cam Newton maybe that you did or didn't know or something he does better than you expected? Well I think um, um, I think two things I'd say. Number yeah. one, off the field, because when you talk to the other players, like there, there's such a deep, deep, deep respect for him in the locker room for the, what he does in between the white lines and the way he'll play no matter what. Right. And then I, I think you go back and look at him on third down, you look at the ability for him to throw the ball. You know, even last year, playing on a hurt foot, he, he's thrown 18-yard comebacks right. to the right sideline. So uh, he coming off that shoulder, he, he's still he still got the arm. Right. And so to me, it's a matter of us putting in a new system. It's going to be a little bit different for him. But I think uh, whether it's him or Will or Kyle or anybody else, I think it's a really good quarterback friendly system right at your introductory press conference owner David Tepper was asked about Cam Newton and he pivoted to this concept of the importance of buying in and obviously it's critical for your starting quarterback to buy in how hard is it to sell him on sticking around and buying in when he's had one head coach his entire NFL career feels like everything around him is changing what kind of a challenge is that and how how much have you been allowed to talk to him about that to kind of get a feel for whether or not he is all in with what you're trying to do. Yeah, I haven't really had to talk about that. I mean, um, I, I think, I think, uh, and really for the, with all the players. I mean, I, I think for me, I have to come in and just say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and just start moving forward. And and um, I haven't sensed any of that. I think a lot of guys are excited about what we're going to do. I think you know, obviously, some of them have been here for for many years are proud of what they've done. But you know, we all understand things change, and it's a, it's a new year. And so, I don't care if you won the Super Bowl last year or if you or if you lost last year and had a tough year. It's all about you know the, the next season. And yeah. so, I think guys are excited about what we're doing downstairs. You know, in the weight room, training room, some of the sports science things we're bringing in, and um, you know. That's really that to me. That's the buy-in. It shows. It'll show up in the off-season. It'll show up in training camp and in the season. And um, I have no reason to doubt the guys won't won't be bought into what we're doing. Is, is there any coaches? You know, you've been around the NFL and, of course, made a name for yourself in college. Any coaches you've sought advice from here throughout this process that you've talked to to kind of 
take on this this new challenge for you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, Tom Coughlin, right off the bat, you know, right. Dick Vermeil uh, was someone who reached out to me right away, even in the early process, talking to uh, uh, Coach Parcells, you know, so, yeah, so some of those right. legendary great coaches who, who have always been gracious with their time for me. And, and, and after that, really, I mean, you know, I saw Andy Reid this morning, you know, who I've known a long time, saw Bruce Arians, who we were both Temple coaches, and, right. and I think all those guys have been really supportive. Um, Sean Payton, when I've had questions, I've called Sean, like, we're in the same, you know, same division, and he, so I think there's kind of a, a, a really good uh, brotherhood of coaches that are out there, and guys have been really good to me. You've got some experience coaching in the NFL with the Giants as an offensive line coach, more experience in college, but is there a fundamental difference between college and pro players from the standpoint of how you communicate with them, how you get them to respond, how you get them to do the things that you need them to do to buy into win? Yeah, I think it's different for every coach. You know, I think if, if you're a yeller and a screamer all the time, that you know, I, I, I always try to think of everything, whether I'm in college or the pros, is it's not about players and coaches, it's just about people. And so everyone has different things that they're going through, everyone has different issues. And so, um, you know, when you're coaching in college, people sometimes forget that you have 125 players. Right. So 125 guys with hopes and dreams. And, you know, if, if they have a bad year, they're still coming back the next year. Um, you know, they, they all have the same scholarship. And so that's that's one set of things. You come to the, the NFL level, you know, you, you have, you know, a 53-man roster, you know, so it's cut down in half. And some guys are at the end of their career. They just want to hold on for a little bit longer. Some guys are just getting started. So I just think when you identify it as what's my job as a coach, my job is to make sure that I'm helping my players play better. If we really do that and we're just not saying that, I, I always felt like players respond to coaches who help them play better. And so um, we're going to try to do that at this level. You know, when I was an assistant, I thought it worked. I've got a bunch of really good teachers and coaches with not, with not a lot of egos. And I, I think our staff will, will really have a lot of buy-in from the players in terms of how we do stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you made a name for yourself because of your team building. I mean, you took over a, a tough spot in Temple and made them relevant. And Baylor, I thought like, oh, they're done forever mm. when our priles and the scandal hit. And you saved them, and all of a sudden I'm going, what? They're in the Big 12 championship game this year. What is the difference between building a winner in college and, and then the NFL, in your opinion? Or, or if there is a difference, or an easier, or harder, whatever it may well, be. I, I think, you know, obviously in college, you, you do it through recruiting and yeah. through development. Right. I think here, there's there's such a different, you know, when, when it comes to free agency and the draft. So it's a different means to the same end. Yeah. But, you know, I think the good thing for me is because I've been a part of both of those. I mean, I did a lot of good things. And when I say I, I mean my staff. We, got we did a lot yeah. of good things, right. and we did a lot of things that I wouldn't do again. I was a much better head coach at Baylor than I was at Temple. Right. And so as I come into this new challenge, I have a lot of experience to, to pull from that I say, hey, this worked, this didn't work. And I've told guys all along the way, I don't sit here and pretend like I have it all figured out. You know, I'm going to make mistakes as a head coach. But I think the thing that I, I just never want it to be about me, and I hope players respond to that. And we have a good nucleus of veteran players in Carolina who, who I think are going to be great to work with and help me as I transition. You got one of the best offensive weapons in football in Christian McCaffrey. What should we expect as fans of the game from him this year? Is your philosophy going to be let's just let use him till the wheels come off, or are you going to be a little more cautious? He's getting into the fourth year of his career, and at some point there's only so many hits you can take before the wheels do come off. Just give us a sense of what that 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 approach will be to using a guy who was uh, what, the third member of the thousand-yard rushing, thousand-yard receiving club. Well, I think he, you know Christian's a dynamic player, and I, you know, I don't think there's many people in football who take care of themselves as way as Christian as, as well as Christian does I mean he goes above and beyond in the season out of season to make sure that he's healthy and can keep answering the bell and so I, I'm excited about those things I think you know we want to continue to expound upon all the skill sets that he has I mean there's not many guys who can line up and you know run eye formation power run zone read and then oh by the way then go out in the slot and yeah, win. Right, and so right. I think when you know we hired Joe Brady we hired a really good offensive staff of guys that are creative and um, without giving probably too much away we'd like to do a lot of different things with Christian to to, to allow him 
to just be as dynamic as possible and get him in the open field. And also, you know, we have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, and we have a, a plethora of backs that we feel really good about who haven't played a ton, but we feel good about. So I think we're going to try to open the whole thing up and use everybody. Um, do you feel like you have an advantage, you know, compared to some of these coaches? Because you've been in college, like you've seen some of these kids in person. Is, is, do you feel that way, or am I wrong to think that? Well, I think I have a lot of history with a lot of these yeah, guys. Okay. You know, I think right. um, I think you know, like I said, there's ten guys here that you know, four that I coached at Temple, six yeah. that I coached at Baylor. So I maybe some insight on those guys. But then a lot of guys I played against. Yeah, you know, walking right. down the hallways, and I you know I see Ceedee Lamb or Jalen Rager. I mean, I've seen those guys up close and personal. Right. So I think I have a feel for them. And then you know, as I go around college, you know, pro days and stuff like, there's a lot of guys on those staffs who I know who I've worked with so I think I have a good feel for that but you know that 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 advantage is only good if you if you use you it properly you take, right. you take advantage right. of it so <laughs> right. but I think um, you know we're always going to try to gain, gain as much information as possible and hopefully we come in with a little bit from coming from college yeah free agency is going to be the closest thing to college recruiting it starts within a few weeks what, what is your role what is your voice in the process of deciding which players to go out and pursue in free agency I you know I Marty Herney's still the GM, but it's still this new era, this new regime. And and how does how does your voice fit into that process of selecting who will be well, I think new Marty, Panthers? Yeah, I think Marty would tell you that you know every great GM, you know they they, they build a team, but they don't want to bring a they don't want to bring a coach a player he doesn't want to coach. And so, you know what we've tried to do is we sat there and and the scouting staff has taught the coaches, hey, this is our process. But then the coaches have sat there with the staff and the scouting staff and said, hey, this is what we're looking for in a quarterback, and this is what we're looking for in a three technique, and shown them on video and shown them examples because what we're trying to do is take all these different people and align them so we see things the same way and so um, I think that that's really going to be an advantage for us you know when you're a college coach you do a lot of personnel you do a lot of evaluations you do a lot of projections and so I come by that naturally now to have a guy with Marty's experience um, he, all he wants to do is put a winner on the field and all Marty wants to do is make sure that we have players that we want to coach and so I it's been an unbelievable relationship so far and so I think that extends into free agency you know um, the one difference between college and pro is they're not all the same scholarship guys yeah. get different amounts of money so right. for us it's about us finding guys with the traits that we want that makes sense for us you know for this year and beyond right. we've done great things as a coach it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out for the Carolina Panthers starting this September coach thanks for your time congratulations and all the best moving I forward appreciate you guys thank Good you thanks nice, at C Sims QB on Twitter at Sims on button and Instagram and I got a freaking homework assignment for somebody out there, all right? I mean, come on. You know I try to, like, be a man of the people and answer your questions. Here's my homework assignment I'm asking. Tell one friend to subscribe, rate, review at, at the, the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. Please get into it. Let's go. I don't care if you like me or not. If you don't like me, then still join, watch, challenge me on my thoughts. I don't think I'm like all know-all, be-all, but I know I work at it and have fun, and I might say some colorful bad words along the way and have some fun doing that as well. But please, that's your homework assignment. I'm just asking the homies for that right there. I don't ask for much, okay? That's all I'm asking for, okay? While you're sitting on your back porch drinking a beer or smoking your sativa, just get a friend to subscribe to the Chris Sims on Button podcast. See ya.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.